What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so, and that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels. Appreciate the hell out of everybody that is taking the time to do so. Can't stress the importance of those reviews enough. So if you got the time, um, would really appreciate it. And uh, you can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel. Um, the podcasts are all now up on Spotify as well. If that's your preferred listening platform, you can find it there. Along with uh, all the monthly playlists that I've been releasing. Just put the February one out. So look for those coming at you every first of the month featuring music from all genres and uh, you can give that a follow and a like as well so more people can find that as well this week we're digging into some more records i dig records volume 12 is what uh is happening my cuz rob bobby grooves and i we're getting in to a couple records again we're talking about Shoddy Pimps, 1995, release, still coming real. Um, maybe one of those iconic albums that uh, somehow gets overshadowed by so many incredible hip-hop and rap releases from that year. So we're going to get into that. Stoked to uh, share a conversation on uh, that record for sure. This was my introduction to this record was Rob turning me on to this thing, and I know that he also just found it recently. So this was a great discovery, hopefully shedding some light on uh, a record a lot of you might not know about as well. And we're also getting into Sonic Nurse from uh, Sonic Youth, a 2004 release from Sonic Youth, their 13th studio album. So we've got... uh, a wide range that we're covering on this episode of I Dig Records. I'll put the links in the episode notes so you can uh, you can keep up with Shoddy Pimp, who is still active. I think he's got a new record coming out, so check him out if you're digging these tunes. And of course, Sonic Youth, all those members seem to be incredibly active all the time. And uh, I'm sure most of you know where to find them. Also, check out Inside Voices Records, which is Rob's record label, and uh, they've put out some releases recently, so I'll put the Instagram tag in there. I know Watson Moon single just came out today, so check that out. Love Matt, and um, he's a part of that Inside Voices family, and what else? Check out The Sun King, 
That's one of Rob's band as well as High Pulp. I'll put all those links in the episode notes. And also check out the new Robo Hands record that dropped recently. It's called Shapes. That's one of my favorite releases of uh, 2021 thus far. A killer record. And uh, I'll be back next week with a conversation with the incredible beat maker, producer, Eloquent. So tune in for that next Friday. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Keeping their heads above water. Staying afloat. And uh, let's get into volume 12 of I Dig Records. Cuzzo, let them know. I just want everybody to know that I dig records. I dig records, bro. I dig records, bro. You ready to do the thing? <laughs> yes, sir. I just wanted to tell you something to start the episode. Yeah. I dig records. Nice. Yeah, yeah man. I uh, I do too. If I look at my bank account and see that my money is going down and not up, and I think I can directly blame symbols and specifically Istanbul symbols and uh, discogs. Because that's where all my money goes. And Thai food. Well, you you also bought yourself a new production toy too, right? I did. I did buy the Dig Attacked. And it is tight. It's a sampler and a sequencer and a drum machine. And it's cool. Tuan bought the Octatrack, my roommate, um, like two weeks before. And we brought some records in and chopped them up. It was just so much fun and it was so easy and so rewarding to have something tangible at the end of a session, you know, like as a drummer, it's like you practice and this and that and you don't record. And when you do record, you have to get everybody else's shit on there too. And it's never like so succinct. So we started messing around on his Octatrack and it was just like an hour later we had this like super killing beat and i was like cool I, like i want one of these but the octatrack is too expensive so i got the dig attacked which is still sort of expensive <laughs> but it's cool man it's uh yeah i i'm i love just being like sort of in over my head <clears throat> in over my head about it you know i'm just like there's so many fucking knobs you're talking to a yeah. drummer that plays an acoustic instrument you know what i mean like right like I don't I'm like okay there's oscillators and fucking well, all these like filters and crazy shit so it it's cool it's exciting I mean your early goes at it have uh sounded pretty dope so I'm stoked to see like what you keep cooking up with it it seems like you've uh you've you've got like a natural knack or like understanding <laughs> for it like has it been Thank pretty you. easy to just pick up and and figure out yeah i think so i mean i i when i got it i did like i watched like the same youtube tutorial a few times it's like long two hour tutorial i watched it multiple times just followed along and um that gave me like the 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 literacy to get around on it you know um and then I think the approach I've been taking is just like as as sort of raw and gritty and like I don't care if it's like any blemishes that's totally fine you know um really influenced by that 
that knowledge meek mill stuff where it's just like grimy you know so i'm just taking samples chopping them up a lot of the times slowing them down considerably and then barely adding percussion you know just like and when i do it's not it's not like some boom bap like kick snare thing it's more like just weird little clicks um but yeah man it's been cool it's been cool like i said to just like finish the day and i still want to do music stuff but like i don't necessarily (laughs) want to sit down at the kit at at 11 p.m you know right um i just want to like listen back through these records that i have and find that thing and chop it up and 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 just you know have a product by the end of the night so yeah man it's cool dig attacked very cool i was between that and mpc and um the dig attack seemed a little weirder, so I was like, hmm, I'll try that, you know. I do want an MPC still, but that's for next paycheck. <laughs> the Isaiah one was cool. I like that one. Thanks, man. Yeah, I've yeah. been also taking the knowledge approach of taking acapella freestyles and just like, you know, finding the, trying to find the pocket you know, like, and cutting it up and just making it work and looping certain, certain lyrics, you know, and it's fun, man. Yeah. And then you don't have to like navigate through a track that it's over either. Yeah. So you're just kind of getting it bare. Yeah. And a lot of time now I'll just sort of load my samples in and I could like set them up to a click and have it like play through the sequence. But I'm just sort of doing a live where it's just like I just push that sample and then this one and then that one and I'll twist a knob while I do it and all the fuck ups are built in and I record it into my computer and then I'll just sort of like try to like smooth over the bad parts or take them out and then I'm like oh well I got this thing it's a minute I got this thing it's three minutes whatever and then I'll try to make the acapella match you know so yeah yeah man it's it's fun it's really fun I think it's like made me feel like a kid again in a way you know um i'm so deep on just like these like subtle nuances of like my craft on the drums and focusing on those little things that it's cool to just be like throwing paint against the wall you know what i mean which is how this feels yeah for sure and then i was just talking about this with a band last night just it always seems like the people that have sustainable longevity to their music careers are the the people that continue to experiment and continue to like maybe learn other instruments or other yeah. production tools. Yeah. So like, yeah, even if you never use that in one of your projects, which I doubt you will. Yeah. Like, doubt you will not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use we, it. we will. You know, like it's, it's sure. going to go into effect somewhere. Yeah, oh yeah like you're still like maybe going to be listening to yeah. something from a different perspective or you know and not just from the drumming mm-hmm. pers- like from behind the kit well it changes your perspective i was talking about this with victory too uh who he he got a machine which is another sampler and he's he's been we set up our our samplers right next to each other and we got the turntable in the middle and we just have a bunch of records around us on the couch and we just like go back and forth. And we just make beats for like hours. And, um, and he was saying how once he got 
his sampler, he just sort of changed how he listened to shit. Like what he was listening to in the music was different than what it was before. Um, you might be listening more before like to the form or to the like, you know, the sax solo or to the the modulation or whatever the fuck, right? But like now if you're coming at it with this like, oh, I want to sample something from this. Like, it just, just changes, changes what you're listening to. And that's that's like such a man. Anytime you can genuinely change your perspective of where you're listening from, that's uh, that's longevity building, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you said, all the best musicians that I that I know like play multiple instruments, listen to all fucking types of music, you know. Like, it's just you got to stay wide, you know. Like, otherwise you'll just start to replicate your past self, you know, and it won't have the same um, spirit that, that it did previously, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think you can surprise yourself too about which inputs, you know, have an effect on you. What do you as mean? Far as, just as far as, uh, you know, when you're talking about having a wide range for things, mm -hmm. it's just like maybe even, Maybe it's tuning into that that music documentary that you don't really care about the band, but you take away like or, yeah. or the artist, and you yeah. take away some nugget of information or knowledge that gets dropped in there right. that you remember or like or affects some maybe the way yeah. you attack something, or or maybe like that, yeah, that thing just resonates with you, or it it's something you come back to yeah. later, you know, totally. Yeah, man. I still date records, man. That's also why I've been buying all these fucking records is because now I got this whole this whole new sampling thing and I have 500 records that I have in my house that I could be chopping up, but I'm like, oh, I really want to make a beat with this next thing I don't have, so I'm going to go right. to Discogs and buy it. Well, because now, I mean, that goes along with maybe listening different. It's yeah. like you're mm -hmm. buying records for different reasons now too yeah. because you have this thing. You know, I bought one today that like I don't think I would buy if I if I hadn't had the intention of, of sampling it. You know, it's a cool record and I think it's actually going to be really like nice to have and it'll come to me in a nice way at some point when I need it for like, you know, listening and inspiration a couple of years down the line. But <laughs> when I get it, I'm just going to sample it, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> what is it? Uh, it's the. I don't do it. I don't even remember what it's called. Um, there's this shop on Discogs called the Slut Bunny that uh, is in Seattle, and they have all this fucking great shit. They had the the um, Larry Heard record, uh, Scenery's Not Songs that I just got. Yeah. Um, Acid Mount Fuji is the the record. Um, Susumuyo. Kuta is if I'm reading that right in Japanese. I don't quote me on that, but I think it says Susumu Susumu yo Susumu yo Kota or Kuta so what, Kota. What Susumu genre of Kota. music is this? Um, it's got synthesizers. About all I can say. <laughs> it's like sort of got some ambient things going on, and it's like really soundscapey, um, sort of like a soundtrack. 
Um, okay. But it's not. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't fucking know. There's no lyrics. Super cinematic, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Like, sort of David Axelrod. It's not yeah. like that at all, but in the same way that David Axelrod is, like, cinematic and, like, creates well, these I mean, sceneries, yeah. like that Larry Hurd shit. Like, sceneries. You know, I'm really into music right now that sort of creates a scenery and allows you to just sort of pass time in that scenery. I know, yeah, I know Andy from Robo Hands. Mm-hmm. Like that dude is heavily inspired by you know like that David Axelrod yeah man type music, but it doesn't like his interpretation is is more like what you're speaking about. I feel like, mm-hmm. like yeah, it could definitely be you know a soundtrack or something. Yeah, totally. Yeah, David um, Axelrod is the shit, man. Um, it's cool that he's getting a little bit more love lately and he's always been like heavily sampled, you know, um, bad, bad, not good reminds me of him in, in certain ways. And I try to take some things that he does and put them into the music that I make too. He's, he's just got this really nice patience and he takes these approaches that aren't straight on, you know, it's not like, it's not 12 o'clock noon. It's not right at you like that. It's like, 10 30 you know um but yeah that's sort of the x factor because it also feels really familiar at the same time you know like it's like you can consume it in a deep way because it's not just chaotic but it's also not like something you've heard fully you know there's like something going on during a lot of his stuff that's like a little you're like you don't might not even consciously recognize it but you're like it just feels different, you know, it gives it that different shimmer. But we're not yeah, talking man. about David Axelrod tonight. God damn, we're talking about Sonic Youth we and are talking about Shoddy Pimp. Do you want to get into this Shoddy Pimp record? I do. Okay. I have reached I love out to Shoddy Pimp. I just want to man. let you know that I have reached out to Shoddy Pimp Hell yeah. about doing the podcast. I even tried to. I invited him today just in case yeah. like the off chance that he was just like, Oh yeah, I'll jump I'm on chilling. with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Um but he hasn't seen it yet. But cool. Well if I you're listening, that- Shoddy Pimp, you're the shit. I love this record. I love a handful of your records. Um we'll we'll talk about it more, but I think he is one of the most slept on rappers of of our day. Dude. And he's obviously been doing it for so long, you know what I mean? And we'll talk about the whole Memphis thing as a whole, but like the world should like be on its knees to Memphis for hip hop and and nobody is like and 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 uh yeah, so Shoddy Pimp, it would be the shit to meet you and hang out and talk about this record and all your other shit. 
Yeah, you're welcome on any time. I told him I, that he was welcome to jump on with us at any point. So, you cool. know, it's not going to be it's not going to be for, you know, tonight. But uh, hopefully maybe in the future we can connect with this dude. Um, yeah, just, you know, laid some groundwork for the rise of that contemporary southern rap scene. Yeah, man. I mean, Th- this record, the, the record we're talking about is is still coming real yes from 1995 which i did just drop some money on discogs for (laughs) Uh, i was looking at it today i was also thinking about buying a copy of this yeah i got mine Um, from like there's none in the states i don't think i got mine from germany or something but the shipping wasn't too bad wound up being like 45 bucks or something yeah i'm definitely i'm definitely going to be trying to put that one in my collection so i'll be i'll be hopping on that discogs but i also uh, want to know if you're listening where the um coming real with it vinyl is because that's not i can't find it on discogs and i assume that if it would be anywhere it'd be at least up there and that's uh, yeah. man i want that one too i love both of these are just like oh man to just like game changing slept on by me, I don't know, probably not slept on in Memphis, but certainly slept on in my circle, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think across the board, maybe, a bit a yeah, bit Yeah, I don't want to be presumptuous, but I do feel like if it wasn't slept on, we would have heard of him before now, you know? like. Well, so the interesting thing for me is that since these records have recently been remastered on the iTunes and, like, Apple Music... Right. In Spotify, they say that it's from 2019 or like 2018. Mm. So I listened to this record thinking that, that it was it's, contemporary. It, that is contemporary. Yeah. And I think that that just speaks to how timeless this record is. That's so funny. And it wasn't until a few hours ago when I sat down to oh. do my like l- only listening and, yeah. you know. And you were like, oh, shit. And I'm, and I'm, you know, doing a little research on the record and find it, you know, and, and quickly see, oh, Shoddy Pimps, Colt 1995, yeah. hip-hop classic, yeah. uh, repressed for this, you know, for yeah, this dude. record label or whatever. He and was making I'm, this I'm, record when Jordan was in the middle of his three-peat, you know? Yo, this <laughs> like, it, it's it's uh, some real early DIY rap. Yes, and this is and, the whole, and I don't want to speak too much about it, like especially with him listening, because this is what I want to. I want to have him on so he can talk about Memphis in the '90s. But um, Memphis in the '90s, like you said, man, like this is that early DIY rap shit that is amazing and directly cuts to the soul. It's like these amazing loops. I don't know if this stuff was made on a four track. I, I it sounds like it was. I don't know. It sounds like it's like we're sampling cassettes. Yeah, and I mean, we're leaving tapes, and it's so the fucking mas- fire. Yeah, the masters for the record for the re for the pressing of it is from the original tapes. So Word. it seemed that that was the case, and I think even listening to some of the tracks, like when things like go in and out a little bit, right? It, it, sometimes it just feels like maybe that was the actual tape. Yeah, I mean, being, it, I'm sure wonky I'm on it. Sure, you know? it was like that's that is what happens, you know, like. But <laughs> like also, 1995, dude. Like 
I see why this record gets slept on just because of what else was going on, especially if this is DIY rap right. at that time. This is the indie. This is the dude in his basement or in his room just, like, making these these tapes and shit. Right. But, like, you have Tupac, Me Against the World, Mob Deep, The Infamous, yeah. Goody Mob, Soul Food, right. The Roots, Do You Want More, right. like, Outcast. three solo releases from different Wu-Tang members that year. Right, right. And Big you probably L. had <laughs> like it's yeah, it's huge. And that's like totally. just naming some. Like you got the, oh, the yeah. Coolio's biggest record, right. Gangsters Paradise, KRS one, self titled, like and there's there's so many more that come out during that time. And then within ninety four and ninety six, right? Because it's like ninety five is one thing, but it's like that whole energy of ninety four, ninety five, ninety six is also AT aliens, uh fucking uh southern playlist of cadillac music i think is 94 it might be 93 but i think it's 94 so you got two huge southern rap records you have a nas record i think in 96 um yeah yeah it does make sense that this sort of swept under the rug when you know this but it's so funny because like in my opinion when i put this on and i just blast it like this feels like so good and like probably what record executives were like, you know, in 95 were like, you know, we want gin and juice, you know, or whatever. And, and that's also great. But like, yeah, I don't know. There's something about this, this energy that just has this like real staying power. And it's just like, yeah, it's, man, it's yeah. bananas. This record is incredible, man. I'm glad you like it. I do. I mean, how can you not? enjoy the the fl- the flow and the smoothness of this record yeah southern rap is the is is the pinnacle of rap in my opinion i i i have no southern blood in my body i have no relatives from the south i have nothing but i have for whatever reason the first cd i ever had was usher from atlanta my first favorite rap group was outcast still to this day love the shit out of outcast i don't know southern Southern rap, Southern flow is, uh, there's just something about it that is so, it feels, it just feels so good. And like you said, it's really come back 360 into the mainstream now. Um, you know, with, with the onset of like what you hear now on these huge, like multi-platinum records, you know what I mean? And dating back to when Drake was starting to get big and Migos and Future and Young Thug with the the triplet flow and or the straight 16th note flow but this is like really like repetitive like it's like a cadence it's like a snare drum cadence like like at like a marching band you know and 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 everybody i wish everybody in the world knew that like that is the south and, and and memphis specifically to be thanked for that you know it's so hooky it's just yeah but the in but his delivery in particular is just also so smooth like the whole thing is just butter like it's oh, so yeah, enjoyable man. to listen to well it sounds effortless you know that's the thing yeah, that's also it's also like super super dope about it is like it doesn't feel like he's breaking a sweat you know like like this is what I want to be playing in your house when I show up to your house. Yeah, 
and you're and immediately you're sitting comfortable. On, yeah, and you're just sitting on the couch playing Madden. Yeah, yeah. Like that already, will, this will be the house that you walk and, into and, when you come. And to my like house. this record is playing, mm-hmm. you know. And there's going to be just like a couple other random people that I may or may not also just be chilling out. And there'll be and, cool, cool people and uh, joints getting passed around. And right. Right. We're just hanging and, out. Yeah. And yeah, it's just a fucking it's a vibe. It's perfect for that. Just to put on. It feels like like if you're just hanging, this is this is it. And like yeah. from the get go, like with with one mean stag. Yeah, man. Like. It's just the Roy Ayers sample. The groove on the on the piano, like there's just so much pocket there, like mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, and and I think that the repetition aspect of of what's going on, not just lyrically, but like I was saying, in the the rhythm or the cadence of the vocals also allows you to just like dive in it's i just don't care that it keep like i just want it to keep going yeah it's you like, don't want to like 20 minutes like, why long. wouldn't you want to just be stuck in this vibe yeah and all the features are really dope. Like Red Dog's on that first track, the Mean Stang one. But did and, you find uh, anything out about Red Dog? I don't know anything about Red Dog, I, but I he's, didn't he's find all out, over all of this stuff. Yeah, I didn't find out much about any of the other members, um, particularly. Um, I saw that there's a group called Hype that seemed to include some of the people, but it seemed like the releases were a little sporadic or maybe they just don't really exist online. But I'd love to find that stuff because mm-hmm. one of the people that is featured on it is, uh, who's this dude? MC Spade. Oh, really? MC Spade. Every song with MC Spade is my favorite song on this record. <laughs> like, I think that they're like energy together it's is, crazy yeah like the chemistry is just very good you know yeah. bro how did you not know that that this was from 95 when it says on the front cover 1995 um because i i mean i'm i'm listening to it on spotify or i know I'm, I'm not just, always just like I'm pulling just up a fu- cover i'm just fucking with you and it wasn't introduced to me it right here it wasn't introduced to me in that in that yeah, fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I I actually love, man. I love the fact that that you thought it was contemporary and you were still like, it's, "This is tight," because like it's a timeless record. That's the most. That's the highest praise. You know, it's just a. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I think that um, there's this. There's this like it's not like this like bravado confidence thing. That's not even the right word. It's like this like it feels like so poised. Like I don't know how old he was when he did this, but just like he sounds so like confident in and like grounded. You know what I mean? It sounds like you know like it sounds like he knows what his voice is and like he just is like in it. 
you know, and, and you cannot always hear that on, on every record. Like that's, that's, that's unique. And for this to be like all killer, no filler, you know, like it's a hundred percent front to back loop this and play it again type record. You can Absolutely, put, you man. can put the phone down. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to be next to it or say, I'm skipping this fifth song or whatever. It's like set it and forget it, you know? And that's like, also one of the best characteristics of a good record yeah man it's it's like come on with me yeah what do you think what do you think about this song it's too it's too good like the hook on that one is is really dope and i love the little keys line that slides in during the vocal that just like dances in the background what do you think about how repetitious it is um so i was thinking about that and i'm just cool with it man because i think it's like such a good feel yeah and it's kind of i appreciate the simplicity overall of these tunes yeah and i think that's maybe what makes them so enjoyable to listen to at times right like i don't want some crazy bridge like right and a lot of times you're just kind of getting something similar to you know a two chord song Oh yeah, it's just a, it's a four bar sample. isn't doing it his vocals and the way that he's layering things which is also super simple or similar to like young thug who is one of my favorite favorite rappers young thug and 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 a lot of stuff but specifically young thug is so good at taking a four bar loop and creating this whole song three or four sections and and your ears are like oh i'm in this new section Oh, I'm back to the first section. Okay, now I'm in a third section. Now I'm back to the second, first. And your ears can follow this whole thing, even though the beat isn't changing at all. And it's like, you look back at it and you're like, yeah, that song's got four sections. And then you listen to the instrumental and you're like, what the fuck? How did he take me on this like whole shape, you know, this whole ride when the beat was the same the whole time? And it's like, okay, well, that's because... Of, of the cadence and the repetition and 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 like creating that shape with the voice because like like I said like if this if if there were these random bars of, of, of bridges and different sections where things go all different like it's not the vibe you know like yeah like don't reinvent the wheel if it's rolling you know it's all good and I think he's He's just really able to make it interesting with the vocal layering and how they play like each vocal plays with one another. And yeah. that's why it's like interesting to keep listening to it over and over yeah. as well. And that's a that's similar to Gots to Make Some Money. 
Mm-hmm. That one also has this vibe where the vocals layer on top of each other and they really kind of speak to one another in some places mm-hmm. and so and and most of the time are playing off one another right and definitely using a more of an instrument than a voice necessarily totally one thing about this song is i think it's it, like i think it's like a it's like a real song like it's a real ass song about like a real ass topic in the way that like it feels like people might overlook the like how heavy like that those lyrics are you know but there but the the repetition of them like i remember one night i was listening to it and i was like this is like sort of a sad song you know what i mean it's like you know like talking about his relationship with his mom and how his whole like life is is changing and he's living this wild life and you know this isn't my child and all this and that and i, I think that like that's uh that's another aspect that I think that obviously lyrically he's he's gifted, but there's some real power in the simplicity and the repetition of the song that is like really tapping into I don't know, man, just something that that's pretty intense, you know? Yeah. Yeah, th- that line when I hear it, it just always yeah, definitely like sends me into some level of thought about right that situation and putting yourself in both shoes yeah as as you know maybe as this parent that is like having trouble identifying with their their kid right especially you know if they're getting into some shit um and then being the kid being being like how the fuck did i get this is just where i am like yeah i'm disowned by my parents because you know but they don't yeah it's just like yeah it's just it's 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 really cool to have a pretty profound song and a pretty profound message be conveyed with such like few words and just this repetition of it is like forces you to sort of meditate on it you know yeah i feel like you there is like a full scope on the record as far as lyrics because then you also have some of the more braggadocious shit especially Mm -hmm. on some of the features Mm -hmm. um but that and that that was just like man such a cornerstone of the lyrical content for that time too you know mid 90s hip-hop and it sort of taps into like battle rap in a way too it's sort of like you know like that's like it's one of the one of the how dope you are you know and i I love to hear it you know like right right. like there's still some there's like there's so much artistry and ingenuity and like creativity in that you know what i mean it's like so nobody i really know like turns their ears off to to rap because of that but you think about like people in our parents generation like white white people that are in their 60s that like are like yeah rap's not music which isn't what my (laughs) my parents aren't like that but like i know like a lot of people's parents that were or whatever and it's like man like there's so much artistry like in in all sorts of of content matter you know what i mean so yeah i hear i hear that that artistry and that creativity and that just like control of everything um you know across this whole record so agreed yeah and and one quick thought that i had i want to tell you 
about the first time I listened to uh, Come On With Me. And I was, it was like two or three in the morning and I just like flopped into bed and I was really just like, it was the first night I ever heard of Shoddy Pimp. And uh, I just listened to the whole record and then this album or this song came on and it just kept going. And I was like, and the first time I was like, this is tight. The second time I was like, this is really cool. Third time, I was like, wow, he's really committing. Fourth time, I was like, <laughs> he's still going. And then the fifth time, I was like, okay, he's going to switch it up here. And then sixth time, same thing. Seventh time, same thing. Eighth time, I'm like, is this too long? And then ninth time, he keeps going. Tenth time, by the eleventh time, I'm like, this is the shit. This is so good. <laughs> you know? Because I was just like, man, I yeah, like, the fact, it, it does especially tap into... I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what the relationship between Memphis and, and the sort of like Houston chopped and screwed thing is, but like, that's what it really reminded me of the first time I listened to it is like, obviously this is Southern. And if I hadn't heard, or if I didn't know that, you know, he was from Memphis or if I hadn't listened to a bunch of Tommy Wright when I was like a, like a handful of years ago and like been like, Oh, this sounds like the four track Memphis, Tommy Wright, children of the corn thing. I would have thought that it was from Houston because of the, uh, the, the, the fact that it just loops. And that's the thing that happens throughout the rest of this whole record is like these chops that just like stutter, you know? And that's like, I love, love the way that that creates momentum. It just feels so good, you know? And it allows you to like preemptively like know where it's going, but still be on your toes, you know? Yeah, got to make some money though. The beat on that song mm -hmm. is so hard. Yep. All these beats are crazy, man. I love, I love them all, and I, I, that's, I want to know who was producing this stuff and 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 what they were using, like, and how. Like, I love, yeah, man. I it just. I also dig style like mine. That's one thing I want to talk about. The the beat on that with the saxophone sample is super super vibey. Um and I love when they get to the hook and he's talking about no one will have a style like mine and the flow is is super like it, it's got like almost like a drunk flow, you know, where it's like if I was like to try to like write that down rhythmically, like what's going on, you wouldn't be able to, you know, um, because it's not 16th notes or triplets. It's like sort of just like starts in a place and it sort of then just sort of flows out into this place. But it's the same every time. And that shows me that it's like a choice and that there's this real like grasp of the feel and of the beat and and of the pocket and it's such a unique thing man that's the first time the first time i heard it on the hook i was like huh that's sort of weird and then again did it again and i was like 
okay, now it's cool because you did it again. That's a choice. You know what I mean? Like, and I also love it with how that cadence, this is something that Kendrick does that I think is like really genius. And a lot of MCs do it. Kendrick is also like Kendrick's top, one of the top, top dogs, if you will, at this. Um, having the flow match or be in relation or reference to the lyrical content. So it's like the hook is is about no one will have no one has a style like mine. A million and one rhymes, a million and one tries. You know, no one no one has the the style like mine. And he does this thing that's so bizarre in the way that he's saying it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. That's the thing that's like sort of makes the undeniable factor. You're like, this is this is unique. You know, this yeah. has got its own lane. <laughs> it goes back to the uh, I can only get this here thing. Yep, exactly. Like, what else are you gonna put that put on to to feel this this feel? I mean, there's some things. There's some things that yeah, maybe you know, have a similar vibe, but I'll make a quick plug for a bunch of other Memphis stuff from the nineties. But I will also say that this, that coming real with it and still coming real are in my opinion, like, man, the pinnacle, like these, you can't get this like quality and repetit, like consistency. That's the word on any other record. Running and Gunning is great by Tommy Wright the Third. I recommend everybody if you dig this record to check that record out too. Children of the Corn. There's some really awesome shit, but uh, this one is is sort of floored me, man. And that's what's funny because like you remember when we were hanging out at Mountaineer Mike's spot. Yeah. And <laughs> I remember we had like just like smoked some weed and we were like laying around listening to music on youtube on the tv and i think we had logged into mine some for some reason and one of the suggested videos or we were on yours i don't know but somehow one of the suggested videos was um one of the songs off of running and gunning by tommy wright the third and it's got this black and white photo of, of tommy wright the third and uh and i saw it in your suggestions and i was like oh is that that tommy right the third and i remember you just looked at me <laughs> and you were like what the fuck like what the fuck do you know about like how the <laughs> fuck do you know this shit you know what i mean like like what like you know like we had just been listening to that uh that mac miller song you just introduced me to 
Sexy Nasty, the Mac Miller yeah, Kendrick yeah. song. Killing Tune. Amazing, amazing beat and amazing production on that song. Um, but it was like one of the suggested underneath it and because they're fucking spying on us. I don't know how, the, how that even made its way in. But I remember you just being like incredulous, like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> Like, who the fuck do you think you are, you know? So funny. And I was just like, I don't, I was just like, you know, some of my friends, like, got really into the, the Memphis thing. So I fell in love with Tommy Wright Third and a few other Memphis, Memphis uh, rap groups and, and rappers from the 90s. But I never came across Shoddy Pimp, which is, like, crazy. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how that was. And it's so funny that it's serendipitous, like... Because the reason I came across Shoddy Pimp was because I was listening to the Dwight Sykes record for the previous episode of I Dig Records. Yeah. Which was like damn near two months ago now, it feels like, you know? And um, and it came on on the shuffle afterwards. Oh, shit. Yeah. And, and this, so you're fucking like, pretty new to this, too. Yeah. I'm 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 brand new, dude. I'm as new as it gets. Like I'm I'm literally like three days newer than you, or less new than you. Cause like yeah. we did the podcast like two or three days after I found that, and I was like, this is so good. Cause I just stayed up that whole night listening to it, and I was like, man. Cause I already, like I said, I had this love for this Memphis four track lo-fi yeah, shit, yeah. and and yeah, it was. But it's funny because like this doesn't sound like Dwight Sykes, obviously, aside no. from this the fact that it's this lo-fi four track thing. It's a much different vibe though. I think aside from like maybe some of the vocal samples used every once in a while that kind of have some of that soul. Yeah. That the white Sykes likes to pull. But yeah, man. And that same night, I also finally got hip to the Larry Heard scenery is not songs, which is one of my life changing finds of, of 2021 or whatever, wherever we are right now. Yeah. Um, it does say in this it says in this vinyl factory article though that you know he was alongside the likes of tommy wright the third yeah that's what was a prominent he was a prominent figure in the scene um that's what i'm saying is i don't know why i didn't hear about him like when i was doing you know research or whatever and like going on fucking reddits and there's this whole website of like memphis tapes that you can download all of the shit from and like the early triple six mafia stuff and yeah i I just never heard of him did did you say the triple six mafia yeah you can say three six or you can say triple six (laughs) (laughs) never heard i've never heard it you never heard triple six mafia no never heard it nope never met him <laughs> never listened to him. <laughs> I've never listened to this Triple Six Mafia. Never met that Triple um, Six Triple Six folk. Also, um the last two tracks were added for maybe the re-release cuz the vinyl has only 12 tracks. Okay. It skips the last which one of them's just that outro. Right. But the other one is uh what is that? What's that track at the end? Street Sense. Street Sense is one of my favorites. And that's another one that has MC Spade. That dude's Naturally. sick, dude. He's so sick. Street Sense has the fat baseline, man. I'm on my own, playing a hand that was dealt to. 
And seen these dealers ride Lexus wasn't real to me. I sold birds just like everybody else did. And watched the players break their women as a little kid. As I got older, then my mind reached that destination. That's when I knew I had to spread this pimping through the nation. But it was hard, mama never loved her only son. That's when I got out on my own and got the job done. As the money came, women ran game, G. And if you all about that money, you can miss me. This welfare ain't no money, so I'm living foul. That's why I have to sell dope for a little while. My mom's just getting kinda nosy, so I gotta pop it. But she keeps steady finding weed in my coat pockets. Now I'm rocking up the tracks game. Also, those little snare rolls. Yeah. Give me some Dead Prez vibes. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Really like that track. What do you want to play? Yeah, I was just gonna say, we've been talking about this for like an hour and we haven't even played a song. Um, I think we should play the one with the Roy Air sample. The first, uh, the one after the, I'm not looking at it right now. Um, the second second song on the record. One, one Means Stang. Yeah, I think that that's, I, I don't really care though. Yeah, let's do that and then you pick the next one. Cool. One Means Stang. All the time, what he don't know that I'm finna get this fool. Trillin' his ass, 15 minutes of this, we're in the driveway. A big ass house in Germantown. Oh shit, I'm finna clown. I smoke that weed to build my nerves when I'm high and clear as shit. I jump on my car and cock my shit. I told that bitch to drop it. I took his dope and money too, cause that's what a pimp is supposed to do. A nigga known for having time. Took his fucking wedding ring. Got the wallet, took the cash. That's the dope and did it fast. Looked again and what do you know? A picture of this nigga. Hold this bitch was bad as cute as hell. Do I want a damn? Damn real, did my stain and bump that fast. Want me stain up on that, yeah. Want me stain, man. Want me stain, man. Uh, this a mean ass stain, man. Want me stain, man. Want me stain, man. Uh, this a mean ass stain, man. Want me stain, man. Want me stain, man. Uh, this a mean ass stain, man. Yeah, my nigga, I'm back again. Standing these bitches for the years. Man, I commit no fucking sin. Red up with stain on the back again. Looking for host of shit. So I pulled out my 44, pressing it to these niggas, though. Put that crown to a throw, put that crown to a dome. Then I make a fucking sound. If you do, then you do. Cause you just might make a clown. Walking into the next room, niggas, they started to look scared. With my gun to their head, holler, niggas, give me bread. Take it, rope off your neck. Give me your credit cards and checks. When you do, TV too. Maybe go home and watch the news. Clean your fucking house up, trick. Cause I'm a motherfucking film. If you try to go with this, then I shoot your ass, bitch. For my clock, I pick it up and then I hold it trick. Pop in my clip, cock it back and then I load it, bitch. Niggas say I'm soft and think that I won't squeeze the trigger. Just step up to me real fast and watch them holler to the police and kill ya. A nigga that's on the gang move and I'm throwing it kinda smooth. Cause I'm just so fucking cool. Wanna grow down to be a fucking fool on your soul. Now you know who's the motherfucking hoe. Grab your ass and now you're mad. Want me stain up on your way. Want me stain, man. 
not the like dude it's <laughs> like, no and that's it's, that's true it's it's quickly become something i'm just like you really put on into. for yeah i'm just i just don't like yourself i'm i'm a little confused about how this just like completely falls off the radar yeah um, well that's why i want to like talk to him and be like what was it like when you put these out like what was the Memphis rap scene like in the nineties? Like, were you playing at houses? Were you playing at venues? Were you playing at bars? Were they packed? Did people like know you on the like street or did, you know, like, like what, what is it? Cause it could be anything, but either yeah. way, all it, all it is, is, is it should be known, you know, like, considerably more and like i said before anybody that checks out this record should also check out uh coming real with it because that one man has a couple just perfect songs as well i dig this you tell me track another one with mc spade yeah i mean he's also on the record a lot so it's not <laughs> i mean it's He's on like four. No, yeah, tracks, he's like, he's all over at least. And, but you tell me he's got like that bass line with the G funk sort of synth going on too, right? When the when the drums well, kick dope, in, yeah, because it's got that huge triumphant like synth mm-hmm. over it. Yeah, but then it's also got the like the sixteen bit sounding Casio keyboard mm-hmm. underneath it. Totally. It's an instrument that I don't remember what it's called. The thing that goes like, boy, do you? You know what yeah. I mean? Do you? That thing. Uh, yeah, man, it's a, it's a weird beat. It's tight. It's crazy. Like, one of the tunes I really, really dig was the uh, Ain't to Be Played With. It's like the slow, oh, the slow jam. It's the slow jam, man. And the I love. Jam. A, a nice little like four track Casio slow jam, you know? First example of this pimping shit. Just let you play your haters, know that players ain't play with your wild junk and times fingers in my Truck. It don't matter, gotta make some ends meet. 
But my nine Glock is also just like easily one of my favorites. When you put that on in the car, you just like you just wind up going like 15 miles an hour faster or slower depending on your mood. But your speed will change. <laughs> you know that's the thing. Your speed will change. <laughs> Probably my favorite percussion on the record, like drum placement. Yeah. The way it, it comes in and out at times. And it's yeah. got that weird guitar line happening. All the samples on it are, are just perfect. They're crazy. And Forgiving thoughts gives me suicidal plans. Balancing no prisons now, I see that you in need. By me releasing bullets on my nine, bitch, you bleed. Talking all that shit by them fucking witnesses. You disrespect yourself when you walk my premises. Now open up your chest, here's a bullet, now you welcome. Don't want you coming back, do it smart, so I check them. Survival of the kiddies, I'm living in this world, see. Niggas stealing, dealing, but them busters just can't fuck with me. Seven shot pump, better to blow some niggas. This world up, then I wear your bulletproof, so now your ass is backing up. Hollow chips, bitches in your chest when you choose to place. DOA up on this spot, wondering what's gonna happen next. Why he choose to fuck with this? Why he try to take my shit? Buster should have known, nigga. Now you ducking from the hollow. And again, the flow, like the flow is just like. It has this, this 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 motion to it, you know, that, that perfectly like interplays with the sixteenth notes on the hi hat. Um, yeah, and it's just man, it's just pocket. That's the thing, man. It's just like it's like when you're listening to like a a killing jazz group, the pocket is so deep. Or when you listen to a killing funk band that uses like James Brown or something, like the pocket. It just has this like thing where it's like simultaneously where it is and it's also showing you where it's going to go. And that keeps you like falling forward and, and it like is engrossing. And he does that with his voice and the way it interplays with the subdivisions of, of the drums. And it's like, man... It's just the yo-yo, you know what I mean? It's like the elastic yeah. thing. It's like, here we're getting tighter with it, and here we're going to pull it back, and it's just this thing it feels... And, yeah, just the clarity in all of his delivery, like every word, and it's like the amount... The amount that he's throwing at you in a verse, like the speed yeah. Oh, yeah. that he can... The speed that he can he can hit it with... But kind of that same thing you're talking about is like, you don't know if it's slowing. Is is it slow or is it fast? Like, I like he's he's doing it over like some of these like very laid back beats, mm -hmm. which gives Pocket, it man. like yeah, such a fucking cool, cool yeah. feel to it. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that, like I said before, like so much, so much love and. uh respect goes to southern rap and memphis rap and um oh this whole cadence all of this stuff is like so emblematic and it's like so prototypical like it's like this is like early you know and it's like i i don't i, don't, I that's the thing i also want to like ask him like is this just like like did i like 
how did you come up with your flow? Like, were you inspired by other people's flow? Like, who's like, where did this come from? And like, same thing for your peers. Like, were your peers like inspired by the same people you were inspired by? Like, because like, I don't know. Like to me, this like doesn't sound like people that were just listening to like run DMC and rock him. You know what I mean? Like, I want to know what they were listening to. That's like on some, some of the more outside avant-garde things or like, or I, I, yeah, it's just like, this shit's so innovative, I guess. That's, that's the thing is like really yeah. on it. it. It gives me some, even gives me some easy E vibes at times though. Like totally. with the flow. Yeah, totally. And, but the pocket feels so much better. You can still tell that Easy E like can like doesn't really rap. You know what I mean? But like, like the smooth, yeah, the smoothness in the pocket of this is is on a different level. Yeah, and it's like what you sort of wish, and it's all respect and love to Easy E. But it is sort of like it's like what Easy E might have been like if he grew up in the South or something. You know what I mean? Or grew up rapping more. You know what I mean? Instead of yeah. just like being thrown in the booth. Like, there's just this thing that's like this gliding. It's like a hovercraft. You know what I mean? It's like you're not touching the ground, but you're not very high up either. You're just floating. And also, it is maybe those feels of, of just him being real sure of himself. And, like, he's just like, yeah, I just do this, and I'm I'm pretty dope at it. And <laughs> everything just. That's got to be part of it. You got to know that you can do it to do it like this. You know, like everything you have to... is feeling good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. But yeah, man, I'm glad you dig this record. It's yeah. It's can't play no player with the flute and the guitar. <laughs> you can't play no player. That one. That also has Red Dog on it. Right. Baseline on that one too. Just every track hits hard on it. Yeah, man. These samples are crazy. Like And the dedications track, also very funny. Just yeah, like, the dedications love, track is great. Like it's just him shouting people out, which is great. Every time I uh, see Red Dog, I keep on thinking of Red Bone. You know that band? They did that. I don't they did that song "Come and Get Your Love"? Uh, <laughs> you should chop it in here for for a for a hot like fifteen seconds, ten okay. seconds. Just go to the hook. You'll you'll definitely know the hook. I I think you'll know the hook. funny because every time i see red dog i think of red bone and i'm like what if these guys were the guys that were featured on this and they're not but to my knowledge to my knowledge yeah i'm definitely curious to talk to more people that are 
in like really knowledgeable about Southern rap and see like what influence Shoddy Pimp had on them, on them, or you know, like what their understanding of his role. But even better, obviously, would be to get this dude get to come chatted up with him us. Fucking so. self on here, man. Yeah, this record is killer, though. Good, good call on this one. I'm glad that you stumbled upon it, and it's dope that you know the Dwight Sykes from the previous episode of this is what led you to finding out about it and again that again i think speaks to the timelessness of the record is that you also you stumble upon this record from 1995 and you're just like this is so quickly becomes maybe you know top of your southern rap oh yeah records or just Rap, rap records, records. In, in general, you know, or just goddamn records in general, right? <laughs> you know, it's like exactly just like yeah. one of the records. I'm like, cool, yeah. <laughs> like, yes. I'm probably never gonna be mad at you if this is what's playing when I get in your car, yeah, or yeah, when I walk like, in your house. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, exactly. oh, cool. This is yeah, great. What do you want to play it out with? Hmm. I was thinking either here. Street Sense or my Glock 9? It's up to you, man, but my Glock 9 is just a pretty crazy beat. Yeah, you're right. I agree. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 uh let's play my Glock 9 or uh my 9 Glock. My 9 Glock from this 1995 Shoddy Pimp record still coming real please come on the show yeah reach out to us mr pimp sir please and um come say what's up i'm on the hunt i'm on the hunt for one of these this is uh it's cool man i have so many of these records that we've done for i dig records yeah, on vinyl yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh like <clears throat> this is definitely one i i will uh i will chase after see if you can um, get it for mine after shipping and tax i think it was 48 or 45 which is a hefty well, hefty hey. fucking penny i'll tell you what hey also though this is before it gets the i dig records bump <laughs> that's right know? we're gonna see like, after this comes skyrocket. out there's gonna be like eight of them left i think there was eight when i checked today or something like that mm-hmm. and after this comes out there's there's only going to be five or six, maybe. That's right. That's right. And they're gonna, there's, they're gonna skyrocket because. And they're all in Europe, man. Which means that fucking shipping is. Shipping's rough, dude. Is, shipping is north. It's horrific. Your best bet with something like that, I think, is uh, hopefully you're buying like more than one record from the same person. Yeah, man. So what like, I what I need break to break down the shipping a little bit. What for I myself. what I really need to do is I need to start buying my records and shipping them to Dan Englander, and just like <laughs> when he sends me a batch of like high pulp records, <laughs> I can just have him send me the records I bought. You know, but the thing is, I I've actually thought about doing that, but the thing is that the high pulp records come from a distributor; they don't come from his house, so it'd probably be the same amount. But I don't know. Maybe I'll just buy a bunch of records, send them to him, and then once I go to Europe, I'll just pick them up and take them home. 
Well, I'm sure everybody's like really interested about how you're going to get your record shipped to America from uh, <laughs> Europe. So we're going to go ahead and get into my nine Glock. If we have any European listeners that can help us out, please. <laughs> you're still going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So good. Stepping through the earth with no fear of a man Unforgiving thoughts gives me suicidal plans Balancing no presence, now I see that you in need By me releasing bullets on my nine, bitch, you bleed Talking all that shit by them fucking witnesses You disrespect yourself when you walk my premises Now open up your chest, here's a bullet, now you welcome Don't want you coming back, do it smart, so I check them Survival of the kids, how I'm living in this world, see Niggas stealing, dealing, but them busters just can't fuck with me. Seven shot pump, better to blow some niggas world up. Then I wear your bulletproof, so now your ass is backing up. Hollow tips, bitches in your chest when you choose to place. DOA up on this spot, wondering what's gonna happen next. Why he choose to fuck with this? Why he try to take my shit? Busters should have known, nigga. Now you ducking from them hollow. next record when did you hear about this how did you hear about this you were living Uh, in california you were no no i came to this record after being in portland oregon this this sonic youth album came out in 2004 yeah i thought this was one that you like had when you were when you were younger dude 13th studio album from this band prolific they're a juggernaut it's crazy. I mean, they're one of the the bands that is cool with a capital C. You know, like nobody's really allowed to talk shit about Sonic Youth. Yeah, 
And I'm not going to come on here and pretend that I know a lot about this band um, or even a lot about their music because I really don't. Like, I had to go back and listen to Daydream Nation just to, like, listen to it and be like, oh, yeah, okay, I know some of these songs. Right. You know, I'm not, like, super familiar even with that record. I'm, I'm just really, I know the impact that they have had on the music sphere. Right. And like the indie rock scene. Yeah. And I know that they're often brought up as influences for bands and I understand why. And the punk like, rock scene and like the yeah. art the art rock scene and all like yeah, they're they're just like sort of um ubiquitous with a bunch of different shit. They're just sort um, of influence. Yeah. So Yeah, when I moved out to Portland, met my, my dude Brayden. Mm-hmm. Who you who you knew? Absolutely, and uh, like someone we've talked about on the on this podcast a bit. Yep. And, Shouts uh, out. Yep. R.I.P. Yep. Uh, intro music to Dan Cable presents. He made that beat, which is dope. I it's didn't like know a piece that. Of every episode, like yeah, that he he made beats as well as like played every instrument and made indie rock and punk rock and all kinds yeah, of experimental man. shit he also made a lot of hip-hop beats and yeah he was um, a, he was a force incredible incredible and we lived together for a short period of time and i didn't really know much about sonic youth and i i knew that he was into that shit like he he's the one that turned me on to dinosaur jr yeah you know that and, band and got fucking me in rules got me into that but i asked him i was like yo like what's a what's a good record to to go for on sonic youth and he's like get sonic nurse cool and i i just went for it you just bought, bought this bought record one day yeah and no nah, i didn't listen to it and i got this record and uh i I started to understand like people's praise of this band and I don't know. It, it was, uh, yeah, it was just like a little, <clears throat> it just felt like very, you know, just like the, the unique thing, you yeah, know, man. even though there, there's a lot of, you know, guitar driven indie rock bands. And obviously like I was saying that this band's had a huge influence on many different genres of music. So it's no surprise that you kind of hear maybe some of what they do in so many different bands, but there's just the raw energy and the feel to everything is, uh, something I was turned on to really quickly. I think with this, with this record, you know, and right, right from the pattern recognition kickoff. That song's badass, man. That's I, I love the the dissonance in the guitar. You're the one 
my experience and relationship with Sonic Youth is very much centered around Daydream Nation. I'd say that's the the main Sonic Youth, if if not the only Sonic Youth record that's really had a huge impact on me. Um, and and this reminds me of like just that dissonance, you know? There's like it sounds like it sounds like fucking like like some machine, some futuristic machine. You know what I mean? Like it sounds, but like in a perverse way, you know? Yeah, the guitar tones are so fucking cool, man. I think Kim's voice is amazing. Um, yeah, and uh, one thing I was I was going back and watching some interviews with the band, and I don't know if this this remains the situation still this was a late 90s interview but thurston was talking about how they never use any standard tuning in the band and that's like one of the things that gives those big full guitar sounds right opens them up the way that they do so that was that one that was an interesting thing to learn and obviously that makes it confusing playing live man <laughs> yeah i mean with you every tune or have five you just have a bunch of guitars yeah you know? yeah you just become the guitar tech's worst nightmare where, yeah. you, where you have to have a different guitar every, every song, song yeah. because you have all these fucked up tunings yeah but i also just like the exploration for that to like open up a different sound oh yeah totally and also, like, identify the band somehow, also in some ways. One thing I thought was unique about pattern recognition, um, and the, actually throughout the rest of this record, is it's a long, that's a long song. All these songs are long. It's shit averages six minutes a song, you know? Yeah. Um, and this one's six and a half minutes. Um, I, it, it's yeah. interesting. But it's cool because it all of these songs almost feel like, um, not what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like their journeys, you know, in a way that like a Pink Floyd song is, you know, but like completely obviously has nothing to do with Pink Floyd. But the fact that like the song is a vehicle that's taking you through something and that thing has contour and shape and it might take six or seven minutes to get through that. Um, that's a that's a cool thing that they that they do pretty well, I think, on this record. Yeah, dude, that tom roll section that happens around the two minute mark of that song is very cool. Toms for days. Yeah, hit like yeah at that two minute mark, it goes into snare fills after, and it just leads to this whole second movement of the song.
really dope. And I can even appreciate, like, the last minute and a half of this song is noise. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. But I can even appreciate reason, the noise feels, made. For some reason, it feels different than spiritualized. I, yeah, dude, <laughs> we're going to probably keep I, saying I'm, that and I'm people are going to hate it. I'm just trolling people now. I want to be on the record as saying that I said that that record was good, not great. Um, but I also so know all that. all you motherfuckers that are on my back about hating spiritualized. <laughs> I, I, I noted don't. that as well, though. Yeah. Like, just. Something about it just feels it just different. feels different. Yeah. Also, I love the way that last minute and a half of noise sets up unmade bed which is one of my favorite tracks on this record the first thing that struck me about this tune is that the snares are off so you get that sort of like timbale sound sort of thing this i mean this tune almost sounds like an american football song you know dude also in my notes not this particular song but that there are those moments that give me those american football vibes yeah and 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 i think that that's a unique thing whereas pattern recognition is sort of tapping into a spirit of like their uh, not to think about it in a linear way but for lack of better explanation uh, uh, their past selves and i feel like with unmade bed you can really hear this is 2004 you know like this is not 1989 like this is not 1994 this is 2004 it's a whole different musical landscape you know what i mean and i think that they're staying true to themselves 100 percent. but i but they're also not allowing themselves to just become a repetition machine <laughs> you know they are they are doing well with pattern recognition <laughs> you know like they are they're not allowing themselves to be like okay let's do the same fucking album for 15 years um and i, I really thought that that was a cool thing that they did on, on, on this record, um, where they keep a part of themselves. You can still hear this is obviously Sonic Youth, but it's different. It's like, it, it feels, it feels like it's still alive and growing and aware. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not derivative at all, but it's like evolving. Yeah, man. Can we play this Unmade Bed song? Yeah, let's do it. I just want to... I'll play it the last, like, 15 seconds or so of Of pattern recognition recognition and just how that flows into it.
So much feel, I think, like in the playing, though. I noticed that a lot with the with the drums in particular. And when you and, get to the guitar thing at like 217, I say a guitar thing. I I don't know if it's a solo. It's it's a feature, right? It's this really distorted guitar feature. Um, it just feels like a direct emotional connection to an instrument. You know, like I trust that. That that feels yeah. like what that person was trying to express. Yeah. Yeah. In general, I think this song has does a really good job of creating shape. It's like you're 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 moving through this thing, and it and it continues to escalate in a way that feels, you know, correct. It feels yeah feels nice. Even the tone of his vocal and how he delivers shit. Just feels perfect. Mm-hmm. Quick shout out to the artwork. I love the artwork. Yeah, it's super good. 
And this tune also does definitely have some of that Southern California thing going on. Like I can totally like yeah. this, this feels like the in like one of the exports of Southern California sound. Yeah, man. Reminds me a little bit of like brand new at times too. Hmm. You hear that? Yeah. I can, yeah, I can feel certain, like how you would, certain, how you would get certain there. brand new. It's yeah, not and the, just certain not and just pieces. Stuff. Never yeah. like a full song, but no, just no, like no, just maybe parts. a certain tone and just like these Yeah, these little pieces. What I was hearing it in was the way that the vocals went over the instrumental. I think that's a that's an interesting comparison, but I feel like I feel where like where you connect that. I I don't know as much at all about brand new than you, so I won't I don't want to. No. I don't want to be um, sacrilegious. You know, I don't no, it's you. it's a it's the it's it's almost the like the apathetic approach to the vocal delivery. I think. Yeah, totally. That that makes that have that similar feel. Yeah, totally. Even though it might be delivering something pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What do you think about Dipping Dream? Dripping Dream. Um, dripping Dream. This song has those weird climbs. Yeah, this one, when I was listening, was when I was sort of like, eh, like, it doesn't need to be seven and a half minutes, you know? But I do think that they really find some nice places, especially in the back half of the song, um, that sort of like make it all justified, if you will, you know, like, yeah, I agree. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's a really interesting thing when you have these like finger picked chords that are clean. There's a lot of clean guitar tones and then there's a lot of just fucking distorted, like real heavy, just like real shrill distorted tones, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because it like it destroy those like weird, those weird changes definitely destroy any momentum that the song has. Mm-hmm. But it is one of those things like once you get to the other side of it, it like the it's another one of the uncomfortable moment makes the next part feel better. Right, 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 right. It's like a, it's like the ask for forgiveness way of doing it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> people are like, "What the fuck?" And then they're like, "Oh, okay." Instead of being like, "Oh, okay," <laughs> from the beginning, you know. But there's something to that, and I think that yeah. I mean, once you get into this part, uh, where am I right now? Around two thirty, two forty, like so good. Yeah, and and that to me feels like some really vintage like Sonic Youth thing, like that. That's like glimpses that's of those uh, daydream nation feels. Exactly. Just very small glimpses, not quite the energy that that some of that. No, held, but the same, you know? the same sort of like. There's like this like slipperiness, you know. Yeah. And that's that that that's the thing, and the guitar, the way it's all sort of slippery. Well, good. Except this one. But yeah, they are some. There, there's some 
long jams like stones is another seven minute song but i dig the slow burn on that one especially as it builds up in the beginning totally like if you're patient with it it's so dope when the layering of all the guitars comes in this was another one in my notes that i said reminds me of like i think not that it reminds me of brand new but i think fans of brand new would dig this yeah would absolutely you know yeah Um, especially like when the when when all the drums drop out you get into like four i don't know 420 or so and everything drops out yeah and you just get that guitar and then there's this really fucking cool build build up back into things does kind of have like that brand new daisy feel like something off of that record maybe mm-hmm. um but yeah i fucking really like that build up and then the guitar solo that starts to to happen out of that is a really great moment on that song and then we're in a rock and roll solo man like then then we're you know then I've, we're doing the spiritualized thing which i said it works like he could have been dicking around in some of the interviews, but from what I picked up, Thurston Moore mm-hmm. is a pretty big like '60s, '70s like rock and roll fan. Yeah, that makes sense. And maybe that's where some of that comes from. Yeah, because um, there are there are some very like fucking rock and roll moments i think totally that that end up happening on this record i'm trying to think of of the other song that i feel like maybe does that well i want to talk about ken gordon and the arthur doyle hand cream i think this is my favorite song on this album 
That's funny. You don't like it? It's my it's my least favorite track, maybe? That makes sense. But like to me, like this is the thing that like it's Kim and like if you if you can get down with Kim, then like I think that that's like a huge part of the Sonic Youth experience. And I think that her energy and her delivery and her uh, rawness is just like undeniable. And that's the thing that, like, to me, I love Daydream Nation so much because I feel like there's this sort of, like, desperation in in, in what Kim is doing, you know? Yeah, and I, like, yeah, I, I'm not in any ways against Kim Gordon. And I also understand her, her importance. There's, pl- like, I love all the other songs. You know, I yeah, really yeah, dig. Yeah. I really dig the other the other tracks where she's singing, and I don't. I don't even hate this song. It's just, uh, I would say maybe one of my. It's just not like a standout song yeah, yeah, for me. Yeah. It's not like a, it's not a Todd Terry Mary. <laughs> no God, there's you know, no. That's that's an award, dude. Every year we have to give out the the Mary dude, that's award amazing. for the for that's the amazing. biggest fucking flop on a record. Uh, we're gonna meet Todd Terry one day and be like, dude. I'm gonna have hopefully to, I'm he'll gonna have appreciate to, it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say it to his face, but that means he'll know that when we say we like a song, we actually like it, right? That's the thing. Yeah, there's a real importance of of being able to tell people things, you know. But uh, yeah, but I don't hate this one by no. any means. The thing um, I like about it is that sh- it, it's sort of like. It's like a hundred percent on the aesthetic bar. Like, I don't think that like from the like music school bar, it's like, you know, there's like people that are like, like this is offending people, you know, <laughs> because it's like bad or wrong or whatever. And I think that like that choice in and of itself is really like powerful. And then I think when you look at it as sort of more of like a performance, you know what I mean? And like a, it's almost like the way that like Kendrick will change his voice, you know what I mean? To like convey different things. It's like using the voice as an instrument, you know, to, to convey the lyrics. Um, yeah. Dude, that's, also, that's the thing that sticks out to me about it. Yeah. Also, if I saw this song played live, I'm sure I'd love it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it'd be pretty bananas, which speaking of I, a song live and a song I, I don't like, okay, wait, go ahead. Um, yeah, like I like the yeah I like moments of this song, but I also read something that was interesting on the the Wikipedia in re- regards to this song. Oh yeah, it was uh, the title is Kim Gordon and the Arthur Doyle Hand Cream, and it was previously released as Mariah Carey and the Arthur Doyle Hand Cream. 
um, on this Buddy Series 7-inch, but I guess it was changed just like due to some controversy, probably some lawsuit yeah. issues with throwing her name in the title. That's awesome. Um, what song do you hate? I, I don't, like? I, no, no, I don't hate I feel the exact same way as you about this song where like this was the tune I was like, hey, uh, doesn't really do it for me, but I think live I would appreciate it. Um, is Dude Ranch Nurse. Okay. It's like, you know, I was just like, at that point, also on the record, you're already like 40 minutes in, you know? It's a um, long record, man. Yeah. And, and, but and, I, and I just was there and I was like, hey, I'm a little bored. But then I was like, I think live, I would really appreciate this. Yeah. Like if they opened their set with this, I'd be like, this is pretty interesting, you know? I really like the breaks between the verses on that one. So, like, that's where I appreciate maybe some of the drag in the tune on that one. But I'm, look, I, like I said at the beginning of this, I don't know, I'm not incredibly familiar with the, the Sonic Youth catalog of, of records, right. but I got to assume that most of them are in that hour to hour plus yeah, marking. They're long, they're long deal. So I think that's also just like, you know what you're getting yourself into as a fan. Yeah. Where you just, and and you're just trusting and you don't. You expect it, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I think the, um, yeah, there's a built-in patience that I don't have, as I love 25-minute records. What What did you think of New Hampshire? I said in my notes that it feels like Daydream Nation light. <laughs> but I said, <laughs> but I said it's cool though. I like it. But like that was the way it made me feel. It was like, oh, cool. This is like it's it's got certain aspects of daydream nation and of course i keep on referring to this record that like i said is influential to me but if i was really deep on the rest of their catalog i might you know make more i'm sure i would make more appropriate um you know connections uh but i i appreciate like the the drivingness of it you know i think that they like this sound i think has influenced a whole lot of bands in the northwest Obviously, a lot of bands everywhere, but like yeah, again, dude. bands that I've seen in in basements over the last ten years and in different venues and stuff. Like you, this is like you know where it comes from. Yeah. What it's, do you think about this tune? I like this jam a lot. I I think it. I don't know. It feels like that guitar line is almost something that's referenced throughout the record. I'm sure it's a little bit different on each of the tunes that have right. that vibe to it, but it feels like this thing that keeps getting referenced to. And I really, I really like that aspect of it a lot. And, uh, like, I just like the way that it shows itself throughout the record, but I don't know. This is like one of the ones when I'm listening to it where I feel like, the drummer Steve Shelley just has like a real 
like a real good touch to his playing and real like intentional even though this music can sometimes feel a little fucking messy at times and go more like lean more towards feel than you know technicality which is all about for this record it's fucking great because i think it also like dials in sonically really killer all at the same time but i don't know these like these tom hits yeah man uh, just feel like they're so well done. Like he has such control over what he's doing. And uh, this dude is just, I, I went on, on his Wikipedia. He's played on a fuck ton of records. Yeah, absolutely. Including the, like the last few sun kill moon records, yeah. like from Benji forward. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I mean that, that just like came through to me in these recordings. I, I I love how this record sounds, and I couldn't find any producer credit, so it does I'm assuming sound great. that this that this band just kind of like makes music a lot together. Well, and that's the that's the thing I was gonna say too is like we're at 2004 Sonic Youth, and they're they're on Geffen Records at this point, which is a big Major label. label. Yeah, that's that's owned by Universal. And, you know, I mean, we're talking fucking Guns N' Roses, Elton John, uh, Snoop, Jizza, Keisha Cole, Lifehouse, yeah, your guy, your guy, the, what's his name? That's Sean Wollstenholm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Major. Yeah. yeah major. Major. LA. Level. Weezer. This is that real money shit. And so I, I wonder where they recorded this. I'm sure actually I could probably look that up because the internet, but... Um, let me do that. But yeah, this is this is a different like era of. of they recorded their shit. this at Echo Canyon in New York City. Cool. I don't know anything about that place. <clears throat> um, but yeah, man. I mean, the drums on that sound great, and I think that there is such a skill to be able to like do what what he's doing and and be patient and consistent and intentional like i have a really hard time personally with like that about that amount of like restraint you know like every every stroke is is intentional is musical the intro to I love you golden blue that is a vibe yeah and I also love when it when it kicks in to the like after the intro the way that it, like yeah. the intro is paid off by the way that it comes into the beat 
Yeah, because like you have like those weird clipping out machines at times, and you've got all these different layers happening, but eventually everything just kind of like swallows up into that drum beat. Yep. And and that's you know that's when we're we're on like the road trip. You know what I mean? Like this is absolutely. This is this is big sky. You know, you're just fucking flying down hanging out you're deep into it i think peace attack peace attacks the song right after that and that's uh i think that's like a, a really cool way to just like ride it out into the sunset like this song just really cruises and is just kind of one of the smoother tracks on the record and then it totally. like digs in at that 235 mark to like some of those bitching guitar tunes like or tones rather Guitar like tunes. that's the <clears throat> yeah guitar tunes that was that was what i was thinking about earlier when i was thinking about another like kind of rock and roll rock moment. and roll song yeah but at the same time this is a that's the a song that i felt like had some american football vibes as well yeah i mean once you get into the th i'm at 340 right now and you you hear these like sort of or i guess now i'm yeah they're still there um these guitars that are sort of flying around in the left ear and these high pitch ones in the right ear that are sort of like having a conversation. That's sort of one of the things that like, to me is characteristic of American football that like, it's like these conversations, you know, with the guitars, right. you know, love that. Yeah. And then that, that, you know, after the hard section or whatever, after the instrumental section, when we get back into the verse, it, it then is just like, is still ha having these sort of like panned guitars yes, swelling so around, around your head. Yeah, so. It's um, it's cool listening to this and then finding some reference for you know where a lot of this indie music came from. Totally. But it's also it's like I wonder what they were listening to at this point, um, just because they are so just even individually can be very experimental in their other art. Incredible. Um, so. Yeah. so I'm just curious, you know, if any of the contemporary indie rock was having any effect on what they were doing at yeah, this time. Yeah, like were they listening to Modest Mouse or like were they listening to Amnesiac or, you know, like I wonder. Um, or were they listening to some bands that were playing in basements, you know, in New York or Western Mass or whatever, like. Yeah, I don't know. We gotta get Thurston Moore on. 
That would be also very cool. Um, or anybody from Sonic Youth. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Steve Shelley's been with the band since the beginning I would, as well. We need more drummers on this podcast. I think that's like the other cool thing about this band is like they've all, you know, those original members have really stuck around. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a band like this this band is i it's 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 really hard to understate how influential and like almost like deified like like they're like gods in so many communities of of music musicians and genres like they're this like unfallible like god band in so many so many parts of the fucking uh, so many different subgenres, you know, like, I, and it's funny because you hear that with like a lot of different bands. Like, you hear it with like heavy instrumental, like playing screwdrivers on the guitar type bands, and you hear it with like clean tone, backbeat driven lyric bands too. You know what I mean? It's like it's a pretty wide spectrum. Yeah, and then you you also have. I like the trading off of the lead vocal. I think that makes it interesting, but it's nice because it's one of those things where it's you still feel like it's the same band the whole time. And like even Lee Ronaldo sings on one of the songs, which is that uh, piece of cup song. Mm. Lee, my guy. Which is uh, that one. I'm sorry. Paper cut exit. That one is uh, one of my least favorites. I'll have to say. Dude. Um, I just don't really. I'm not. I'm not sure. I care for the vocal on that one so much. But I am reading this thing. This is back from May of 2012, so it's a little dated. But Rolling Stone ranked Ronaldo at 33 on its greatest guitar list of all time, <clears throat> and then. When Spin Magazine did their top 100, they ranked uh, Ronaldo and Thurston Moore together at number one, which is pretty dope. Mm. It's like That's speaks, wild. speaks pretty, you know, speaks pretty highly of how they, yeah, just use their instruments together. Dude, you know what's fucking crazy though, is that. Four of the six of these people, or three of the five of these people, are in their sixties. Oh yeah, dude! Like they, Kim, they were in their forties when they made this record. Yeah, Kim is sixty-seven. She can get the fucking vaccine right now. I'm sorry, she's how she's how old? Sixty-seven. It says on fucking Wikipedia. And this record came out sixteen, seventeen years ago. Here we so go. She watch, was 50. watch us do math. They were yeah, 50, nice. you know, like and, that's, and, and that's Thurston also is, very cool to know that Thurston's they were 50 years old and to know that they're like were married. They were married for 30 years. Right. Um, they just got divorced in 2013 recently. I so. know Mark Marin has recently. definitely had Kim Gordon on. I can't remember mm-hmm. if he remember if he's had Thurston Moore, but uh, I check out the Kim Gordon one. It was really good. Um, but it's uh, it's cool to know that they were in their 40s and 50s, though, making this record. And yeah. Just to have 13 albums as a band 
I think is like a pretty fucking ridiculous accomplishment, but for it to mm-hmm. be one that's like really great quality. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. And we've, we've spoken how, you know, pitchfork is definitely by no means the barometer for what happens on this podcast, but they, yeah, this, well, this we actually super high on that. We on, should tell the people that we half. actually, we don't make our own opinions. All we do is get our opinions from pitchfork. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> I'm, um, I'm just reading pitchfork articles. I'm actually not here. I've actually set my voice. I taught my computer how to be my voice and it's reading <laughs> a pitchfork article about this. And it, it's, it's like the Watson AI plus pitchfork. Is what this is, so. <laughs> yeah, man, I feel like this is just like, obviously, you know, I like this record and every time I put it on, I think I, I find something else that I enjoy about it. And because it is like a longer record, you know, right. it's one of those ones that you can, forget about some moments so right i think like the replay value on it is is strong in that way but it also obviously like it just holds a significant weight for like one of these one of these records that brayden left behind for me yeah turned me on to and i just um for him to select this one which is maybe not like yeah it's like not probably in the top five records that people would go to right away when when you think sonic, sonic youth, youth maybe right. yeah um i remember you even when i brought this record up you're like yeah i just like i don't know sonic youth from this era no i don't yeah at all so i'm happy that you brought it because like i think it is cool and i think that one thing that we all need to do more of is watch artists study artists that grow well that grow old well like that's yeah. such a a thing right and it's like obvious like you know frank ocean or 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 kendrick or who you know people that have three albums you know two three albums that's one thing but like when you look at like radiohead or the fucking beatles or i guess the beatles did it all in a really small amount of time so maybe radiohead's a better example but like to, to to continue to make music at a high level, an influential level, a free of all the bullshit to whatever extent is perceived level to 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 do that is like really a whole nother level of like being a visionary, you know? And that's why I'm excited to see whatever Kendrick and Frank Ocean do next, because I have all the confidence in the world. I just want to see what, what path they choose how they choose to express it but um yeah man it's really hopeful like as a musician myself and you know we're both like musicians and artists and creative people it's like sort of depressing when a lot of the time you see it sort of fizzle out in people's like 40s you know what i mean like it's like well what the fuck happens to all these people like it's not like they're trying to fade you know like so taking notes of of like of not like the tangible things but like the spirit or the approach or the fearlessness or the whatever that like is what creates these things is is of interest to me yeah agreed man I, i love listening to those those people speak for sure I think you you nailed it. 
Like there's just a lot to be learned from, from those people who have figured out how to keep doing the thing. And maybe for some of the others, it's just like not what they wanted to keep doing. Yeah, totally. But, but the flip side of it is like, you get the JJ Kale situation. Oh, but it's also, and, and I may have like said this before is like that mentality of, uh, the only people that don't make it are the ones that quit situation you know and mm. sometimes it's just like to, it's time to tap out for totally sure. and yeah. i also wonder like for a lot of bands that are in sonic youth situation when you do have i don't know what it's like to have a major label breathing down my back you know what i mean um but i wonder like what influence like that has on so many artists or or whatever, like trying to recreate that feel of that pop song or that popular song from your last right. record. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. getting getting caught in a place where you're making your art from a place of fear. You know, where you're like, I hope I can redo this thing, or I hope I can get that back, as opposed to like this place of sort of like, you know, I'm I'm just doing my thing here, and and wherever it goes, I trust people will will follow me and tap into the thing I'm trying to tap into or I am tapping into. Yeah. And I think maybe, I think maybe with like a band like Sonic Youth though, they, they built their own reputation prior to getting that major label love. Right. Exactly. To where there's that agreement of like, Hey, we know that you're just going to do whatever you want to do. So don't worry right. about that part, you know, or they, or they maybe I don't maybe yes that or maybe they had just like made it on their own and they were like hey even if these labels try to fuck with us then fuck them you know like we don't need anything from them you know like like this is this is who we are and like I mean that's the thing it's like this shit's written on the wall for a hundred years now or whatever like these major labels aren't aren't really gonna be there in a, a million ways for you you know like yeah like they're they see dollars, right? That's it. And, and, and they might see art too, but it's all like with the pretense and the past tense of dollars. I know it's the wrong use of past tense, but, um, you know, all encompassing and, you know, Sonic Youth might've been the smart ones, smart enough to be like, cool. Well, we can expect that this is going to happen. And we're just going to like, you know, we're just going to deliver them our songs as we want them to be, you know? And, and then, yeah, maybe the label's like, well, they have a big enough audience that, you know, I'm not going to tell them what the fuck to do. But I wonder if it was the label that told them they have to name the song Kim instead of Mariah, you know? <laughs> like, it probably was, you know? Yeah. Um, but I get that, too. So, yeah, man, what do you want to play it out with? Um, I don't know. I picked the other song if you want to... I'm down, I'm, I'm down for stones if we want to go seven minutes or i love you golden blue which is Let's also do i love you golden blue because minutes. that's a that's a kim song yeah okay cool so let's do that one that's such a great jam i found this uh 2004 performance from them mm -hmm. it's live at the art rock festival in 2005 or yeah i guess it's 2005 but a year after this came out mm-hmm and uh, it's pretty cool because they play like five or six songs off this record. That that is tight. I, yeah, I would be very interested to see what these sound like live. That's a that's a whole other thing. But it's cool, man. Yeah, like it's it doesn't have the energy 
of a daydream nation, but like it's no teenage riot vibe with that like vibrant energy like that, but right. it doesn't lack in feel. And it's just like maybe a, a darker, heavier hearted, maybe a little exhausted, you know? Right. It's like album 13, digging deep, well, but still fucking making rad music. And what a wild time, man. I'm, I'm just looking at records that came out in 2004. Like, I didn't really realize, like, I mean, I was in middle school at this point, and... Like, this was when I first started, like, getting into music was around 2004. And you got fucking My Chemical Romance, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Uh, You got got fucking Doom. You got Mad Villainy. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. And you have Nelly when he did Sweat and Suit. Like, you have... Hot Fuss, The Killers. Hot Fuss, The Killers, American Idiot. Uh... D12 Modest World. Mouse, the fucking yeah, good, good news. news for people who love bad news. Yeah, man. It's like this is the a, college dropout. Yeah, the college fucking dropout, man. Dude, Arcade Fire, Funeral. They have like, the goddamn massive. How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb, this fucking U2 album that's on everybody's fucking iPhones <laughs> for the last 30 years. Um, yeah, man. The Black Keys Rubber Factory. Yeah, so like God, think about. God damn. Think about. And, and like the thing I think about with like. Okay, Kanye, American Idiot, Hot Fuss, Good News for People Who Like Bad News. Um, Sarah, so jealous. That's a fucking ge- oh man. But like these huge records that I'm that I'm that I'm seeing are like huge money. Like yeah. these are not top forty. These are these are yeah these are top forty corporate radio like huge records like this 2004 era like 2002 2000 from basically 2000 until like 2008 was when and maybe 2008 it's a little bit like wishy-washy around the late 2000 aughts whatever the fuck they're called um was when like music was like so corporately controlled you know what i mean like yeah it was before spotify and all that shit and it was like after like Independent there radio. was huge record deals happening still. Yeah, huge people were record deals. Like, yeah, people were trying to put bands into the machine if they saw some like a little bit of potential. Totally, exactly, and it's like so. That's such an interesting like. It's really a fascinating time in music because that's like when I really grew up with music. You know what I mean? It was yeah. It was American Idiot. It wasn't Dookie, and it was you know like what's cool. It, it was in the club. It wasn't like you know yeah. all eyes on me. You know what I mean? It was like totally different right. from you. And I'm yeah. I'm like I'm 19. This is my first year or so out of high school. Mm-hmm. Around this is happening, but. I think also a part of, you know, the records that maybe sit atop of this list from this time, like Green Day is making American Idiot because they want to make American Idiot. Yeah, I agree. Um, Arcade Fire is probably making Funeral because they want to make Funeral. Yep. Kanye is making the college dropout because he wanted to make the college dropout. Totally. You know, so there's like a lot of cool, I think even the, like the Killers. Yeah, no. Um, like Killers Hot are, I think that's a that's a great record. I think they're sort of an underrated um, band, man. Like Confessions, man, from Usher with my boo and Confessions and Burn is on that. Like I mean um, 
Franz have you Ferdinand, seen that record? This oh yeah, the Franz that 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 one like aside from that single has some like some really great songs outside of that single. Songs. I had a friend my buddy James was like really fucking into Franz Ferdinand and it was a yeah, there's some jams on that record. Um have you seen you know about Song Exploder, the podcast? Yes, I know of it. I don't listen I don't listen to many podcasts, ironically. Okay. Um did is that have where you they, seen like, that they've made us, it? Like they dissect a song. They dissect a song. Right. Have you seen that they made that into a Netflix show? Yes, I have. I've watched. Okay. I watched the one. Um, uh, no. Uh, mm, fuck. <laughs> um, why am I forgetting his name? So I watched the one with the killers. About that's a great one about Sam's Town about when you were young. And then why that's a am great, I forgetting? It's the, a great one though. That's what that's what I was referencing that for because we were talking about the killers. I'm gonna go crazy though. Um, Did you watch the Nine Inch Nails one? Who's the one? No, it's the one. It's the fucking guy on Real Friends. Why am I forgetting his name? He's got wrapped up. <laughs> Fuck. Um, yeah, I've only the only other one I've watched is the REM one. He's from which LA. Is also very good. God. Oh. You t- oh. Fuck. Are you? T- are you talking Ty about Dolla Sign. No, Ty Dolla Sign. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, God, that For was sure. driving me nuts. Is that one good? Yeah, it's cool. This is tight. Yeah. yeah, he like gets a whole fucking orchestra. He like drops like five figures to get an orchestra. And um, um it yeah, yeah. Ken- I, I was... think Kendrick shows up at some point. Yeah, because he's on that song. Yeah, yeah. Those are cool though. I like those. It is um, cool. I was I just had these dudes um called Slow Corpse on the podcast mm-hmm. and I was telling them that Vice has a version kind of of Song Exploder um but they it's more like documentary style and <laughs> they have some very funny artists that they're doing them on like they did uh Shaggy it wasn't me yes that um, song dude that song they is did, good <laughs> they did Papa Roach's Last Resort. Hell yeah. I had to watch it. Da-da. I watched it. Da-da. Amazing. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, yeah, dude. It's crazy because it, you're right. Like, it's such a different music world in the early 2000s. No, it's crazy, man. The it's 90s. Crazy. But, like, you know, the 2000s had its like own fucking feel and vibe to it and what was happening in music like i feel like the 90s was like the spirit of new york where it's like larger than life and all that but it's like still sort of like grimy and like tapped into like like whatever it is whether it's sonic youth in the basement or like you know Nas in the streets or like what like it's still like rooted in something and i feel like the early 2000s Again, a, a decade, an era I have a lot of love for and I grew up in. But I feel like it's like L.A. in the sense that L.A. in the, in the glamour sense, right? L.A. has all the real shit, obviously, too. But, like, it's like L.A.'s cultural export of just, like, like mass corporate music. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. And you look at, like, shit, too. Like, I remember, like, the NBA. I love the NBA. And then David Stern had to put in that fucked up... Uh, clothing ban or whatever the dress code which was like pretty fucking racist and and all that because people were just showing up with like just like just absolutely dripping you know what i mean (laughs) and and like and it was like this like just 
grandiose thing of, of the early 2000s. You know what I mean? It was like every music video was shot at the club with the fucking car and, and all that. And I know that stuff was going on in the 90s too, but it just felt like different. There was, well, it was like different so with like much Ludacris. Money. Yeah. And, and Lil Jon and, yeah. and, and, and all and like that stuff. And that's another reason I think why, whole off topic and i know we're getting long on the cast here <laughs> but that is another reason why i think that the documentary by the game is one of one of the most slept on uh hip-hop records of the last 20 years i think that that album is great and i think that it um was such a cool combination of like sort of a res- not an intentional response to the like Lil john and, and stuff but like i don't know it just felt like you just felt like it was a little bit of like reality grounding, you know. Um, I'm not familiar with that one, so if you ever want to throw that in the mix, the documentary by the game, you didn't, you yeah. Oh my, I'm not sure I know that one. That's like, oh, I'm sure you do. I mean, I'm sure I know some songs. I just like don't. I don't know if I have a reference for it, like front to back. It's his first record. That's crazy, man. That that is one of the things that shows me how we're different ages, because that was like one of the five biggest rap records of my childhood. Yeah, dude. Different this, times. This one, you know, this one. Uh, I'm sorry, I was looking at this list. Uh, yeah. Um. It's got hated or love it on it. How we do? Yeah, this album's a killer, man. We were talking about how different the record business is, the music business is, and uh, even on that that Papa Roach thing, they were talking about how the label gave them a demo deal. And it's just like that shit doesn't happen really anymore. What do they where mean you, a demo deal? <clears throat> like where they give you like ten to fifteen grand to go record two songs. <laughs> That's stupid. Tr- you know, or <laughs> and and that might be That's two crazy. tracks that they've already heard of some demo you made, right? So that they can go shop this thing around or like wow, it's, man. Yeah, it's it's they fucking can try to wild, get like a man. placement or some some deal with yeah. that. It's, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, different time. But well, that's the thing. That stuff, I'm sure, is still going on now. With with, it's just like, it's just like way more. It's wide open in a different way with, you know, Spotify even, and then definitely Bandcamp and SoundCloud, and it's decentralized a bit. But with these big labels that have billions of dollars, like, fucking whatever, you know, or millions. I don't know how much these companies are worth but it's definitely no problem for them to sign you know 15 artists that they don't know if any of like they don't need any of them to succeed you know what i mean right whereas like a small independent label they they're not going to sign an artist or take a chance on an artist that like may blow but like may not because you can't you can you don't want to put your fucking house mortgage on that you know so Yeah, it is interesting, man. I I remember listening to a Shaq interview. Um, I think it was actually on Hot Ones. I was watching Shaq on Hot Ones. Have you seen that? Great show. Have you seen the Shaq one? Yes. Yeah, I think it's in that one that he says, like, might have talked about his, his rap career. And he had, he had, like, a... I swear to God, it was like a like three million dollar advance or something absurd. Yeah, absolutely. It was like, a, it was like over a million dollars for an advance. And well, I was like, this yeah, is, dude. And obviously it's Shaq, right? I mean, that's like 
you know, he's like as famous as like Michael Jackson at that point. Like, you know, but yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's just bananas, I mean, man. Right. There was just, I mean, even maybe more in the TV movie industry. Like that was a time when, when people were like networks were giving comedians these big advances for the same, same type of thing where they would give them these like huge contracts just to lock them down in case they were, they have they an idea up. for them or oh, they wow. had an idea for a show or cool. something like that, you know, where it's, it's crazy. But like, yeah, those, those, those don't like exist anymore. I don't yeah. even think at that level. Yeah. I mean, different money being thrown around. It's also just different folks throwing around the money, you know, like yeah. now it's like Spotify and, and Netflix that are the gatekeepers instead of the record labels and, you know, Warner Bros video movies or whatever, universal movies. It's pretty crazy yeah. that like universal and Warner like own like all the movie shit and all the music <laughs> shit. You right, know? Right. It's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then you go look at like a lot of these other record labels and their subsidiaries of the majors, you know, it's like pretty nuts. Well, and they're like, they're so fucking big that it's like, I wonder who the people in the meetings actually are and what their yeah. relationship to the music is. Yep. I would yeah, just, well, you yeah. know, yeah, it would be very interesting to find out. And just be like, do you know who is on the label? Like, what are you, what's yeah. your day-to-day like yeah. at this massive industry? Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I hope it's, it's something genuine. I'm, hope, I'm hopeful. Me too, me I think, too. I think it is. There's been enough great music made on major labels that, that I have hope for that, but... I don't know. I've also heard so many horror stories, man. I had a friend right. on a major label and they were literally telling him how to dress. Yeah. And like, and like what, like chords to play, you know what I mean? It was like, okay, so am I just like your doll? Right. Right. Like, I mean, it's just like, my uh, mannequin. I've had a couple singer songwriters that have had a deep run on like the voice or American idol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just them telling me about their experiences and how, you know, they dress you more or less and yeah, it's it's a it's a machine for sure. So, and it's worked for a long time and it's crazy. It's about the bottom line, man. Not about that art art shit, really, you know. There's no room for shoddy pimp on the voice, goddamn it. <laughs> but I'm going to make a fucking you know, rival show of the voice and it's going to be all the people that would never be invited to the voice. Uh, we go heavy for shoddy pimp on <laughs> I dig records though. Yes, um, we do. So yes, we, do. we, we warmly invite him Thurston Moore, Kim Gordon, anybody from Sonic youth, Steve Shelley. Come on down. Come, come on in, you know, hang or, out. Or if you're just some random schmuck that has like really strong opinions about an album, Send us an Love email. To hear it. We'll 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 at least hear it. We might you know send us a voicemail. Yeah, you might send not us a get voice on, memo. But we yeah, if you send us a voice memo, we'll probably put it on. Love to love to get any emails about the show, 
about records we're talking about, about records we're not talking about. Yeah, it is always Links great be when, there. when people comment and hit us up. That's a good feeling, you know? Um, yeah, like so my holiday. friend Andrew, after we did the Spiritualized and I posted it, he was like, whoa, I fucking love this album. And I'm just like... <laughs> Take a listen. <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> um, me me but, too. <laughs> yeah. All right, so for the next episode... What 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 three did you give me? Let's see. Let me pull them up here. I know what I'm going with. I have them here also, if that's helpful. I got it. So, Land of Talk, Indistinctive Conversations. Yep. Cursive, Domestica, Blind Faith, Blind Faith. So, Cursive, sounds cool. Listen to some of it. I dig the vibe. It feels a little too much like the clean guitars with the like clean vocals over the top. A little too similar to what we just did, right? Obviously quite different, but I want to do something a little more different. Um, Blind Faith. So I picked, I picked the uh, the cursive record specifically. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that. Uh, that You and I were talking about the band Soft Kill earlier. Yes. And uh, one of the conversations I got into with Tobias from Soft Kill was about sequencing. Yes. And he was telling me that Cursive's Domestica is one of the albums that had a very huge impact on him from a sequencing standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never, I, interesting. I fucking love like when I talk to somebody that plays music and I like their music a lot, when they tell me about a record, you know, that like shifts their process. Right. You know? Right. Because I after that I want to go dive into that record and it was cool because I already liked that that album by Cursive, right? Um, but after he told me that I was just listening to it very differently. So and shifting a process is the right way to put it, and that's a really powerful thing because if you're a musician that's been doing it for however long, even if even if you've been doing it for a year, like shifting your process means it's got to move you pretty deep, you know, like for something to shift my process is going to have to be something that I'm really like truly inspired by, like in a real way. So that is cool. That makes that more interesting. Yeah. Especially with something like sequencing, I feel like Mm -hmm. where it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm thinking about this every time I'm making a record. Now I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about the shaping of this differently. Right. So um, um, just a little backstory on why I threw the cursive yeah, yeah. at you. Um, still, still not going to do it's it. It's a cool record. Don't give a fuck. No, I'm kidding. Um, but not going to do it. Um, blind faith. I had no idea that this is fucking ginger Baker, Ooh. Steve Winwood and Eric Clapton. So fucking legendary trio. They only yeah, made dude. one record, man. And then there's this somebody else too, I think on it, but I feel bad this for that it. dude because it's, it's like them three and then him. Um, yeah, uh, this seemed cool. I I listened to it a little bit, but um, I don't know. I just wasn't wasn't feeling Rick the, the vibe. Gretsch is the other dude. What is he and, the bass player? Um, uh, fuck. Let's see. Let's see here. He's the only person that I'm not familiar with. 
mm-hmm. in the band. Uh, yeah, he played bass and violin. It looks like. Whoa. Um, um. Anyway, but yeah, that seemed cool. But I, I think I'm gonna pass on it because I don't know. Why not? Why? Um. So we're going land of talk, indistinctive conversations, Saddle Creek Records. Fuck, Fuck yeah! Um, I, I'm so stoked that you picked this. Yeah, I think that it's. I think it's gonna be good. I think it's gonna challenge me in certain ways to be patient and um, see it through a couple times. And I think I think that it sounded like a really well produced record. It sounded really lush and beautiful, and her voice seems really cool. So, yeah, it's got some raw moments too. Also, check out their other record. Okay. Um, is it before or after it's before this this record came out pretty recently this one that we're going to do indistinctive conversations i'm very new to land of talk so i'm stoked that you picked this um Mm -hmm. i'm least familiar with this album out of the ones that i gave you it's indistinct conversations just saw that on okay i also like how the intro is the second song so that's a good way to start for me um seems weird already i found out about this from just searching stuff on saddle creek cool because i because of young jesus Mm -hmm. and uh i checked out just like one or two songs off this new record and i was like oh this is really great Mm -hmm. and then the next day saddle creek was having their holiday vinyl sale and i blindly bought both of the land of talk records amazing um along with that cursive album so um i'm new to land of talk and everything i've heard is really great and i think this new album probably leans more like indie folk where maybe the other one has more like synth and atmosphere to it and i mean um, they have music on here from 2006 so like, yeah this around. was a um, yeah, but they only made two records, I believe. I, I see a record from 2006, 2008, 2010, and then okay. 2017, yes. 2020. Sorry. It had been like seven years. Ten, like a, a pretty big gap yeah. between, but uh, from Montreal. Oh, cool. Okay. Sweet. I feel like it's possible that the band leader was also in another band, possibly too, but. I'm pumped to jump into that record. It's going to be, um, it's definitely some downers on it. It's a heavy record. Yeah. Um, but, uh, lots of feel, lots of rawness. Um, yeah, super, super stoked that I stumbled upon land of talk recently. So what are you doing? My friend, what's that? What, what what record are you gonna do? Oh yeah, I gotta pick a record. Um, I have one I really hope you're gonna pick. So you gave me this uh, Chi Carrera record. Which um, one? Now he sings. Now he sobs. I'm, dang, I'm trying to find like the original. I'm I'm pre- pretty sure it's the Now he sings. Now he sobs. That's the only one I would have put on. And then. You also picked this Mad Lib record. The, the new one with him and Kareem yeah. Riggins. Which I wasn't aware of. Yeah, because his name's uh, not in it. It's like, and I was like, oh, um, this is totally something I should 
check out. This is like a Mad Lib release that I didn't know about. Um, and then you also hit me with this Ink record. No World. No World. And um, yeah, I was I was thinking about doing that Mad Lib, but I know Mad Lib. You know? Right. Easy and, to talk about uh, Mad Lib for a while. Right, right. And I was going to pick that uh, he sings, he sobs. Who's that again? Chick Korea. Yeah. Which I checked out. I checked out a bit of the uh, the Chick record. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is cool. But. Fuck it. The ink record, man. We're doing it. I got yes. to go heavy into this record i listened to a few tracks and i know that you've you've talked about it prior to this we were maybe even gonna like do this on when we did those initial episodes of the series many years 20, back 2015 and uh yeah i dug the vibe on this one some pop like it very very um leans into some pop this is a, a this this record is sex songs man <laughs> every single song is a sex song yeah um yeah man i love this record and this record was i got hip to it by my buddy ross uh who i played in bands with in college he makes very cool techno music under the name of lone front now he's in minneapolis and he one day when we were we were hanging out and he was like, Man, you gotta check this album out. And I checked out the first song and I was like, This is tight. And the second song I was like, This is great. Similar to the Shoddy Pimp, where it was the whole Don't thing. Don't tell me anymore. Don't whole, tell me anymore. The whole thing. I was like, This Please. is fire. And then I, the one thing I'll tell you is, where did I where did I was like, where did you hear this? Where'd you find this? And he was like, It was on the radio in GTA. <laughs> 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 and I was like, dude, all right, cool. That's how, oh, that's how it, so so my buddy Ross found this through GTA and um yeah man uh I'm excited I'm excited for for you to take a listen and I recommend you check out like they have a couple of videos of them live um it's not the best like audio quality but like I definitely like cool. to see how it works Yeah check it out just google like or YouTube the songs live I think they have one of um five days or whatever it's called and then black wings or something i don't remember the names of the songs but um yeah man i'm excited i'm excited to to do these it's gonna be eclectic again all right well we went fucking deep dude it's like two and a half hours yeah no fuck all you guys some some tangents yeah. happen <laughs> on this one but uh this is a good one though for the this is a good one for the for the real heads you know great records great records um and uh yeah we'll we'll be back we'll be back with uh, another volume of i dig records in the near future yes sir Start out with this uh i love you golden blue from the uh sonic nurse record 2004 man what a year man 2004 jesus walks uh links will be in the episode notes keep up with us Keep up with us. Hell yeah.